Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's taped in front of a roaring fire with nefarious plans being made. <laughs> I'm out. Yes. All joking aside, the spiders, that was too far for me. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I'm just going to cool it a little bit today. I'm Justin. Hey, our intro makes sense with this episode. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 7, Episode 5, Chapter 122, Tales in a Jugular Vein. So this is a classic three short tales, except we're getting four short tales in this episode uh, with Riverdale. I think we I don't think we got one in the first season, but we've had them pretty much since season two every season. So to be expected. But in this case, (laughs) it is picking up on the plot line of Jughead is trying to be a comic book writer for Pep Comics, which we know in the real world eventually became Archie Comics. So he is. Oh, man. He's a writer. Yeah, he created a, Archie Comics. That's the, what's happening here. It's very strange that he did that, uh, but he did canonically now. Uh, he is also dating Veronica, or at least they're, they've got something going on. They kissed once at this point. Well, I define it. We don't need to define it, Alex. This is a modern relationship in the 1950s. So you, did, you don't need to have a title. You don't need to wear a crown unless you're already wearing oh, a crown. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. And the only other plot line that you really, well, a couple of other things you need to know about. Cheryl was is kind of dating Archie, but not really. They were essentially... They almost got married. She was, they almost got married, but she was essentially faking a relationship because she's a lesbian and she doesn't know how to deal with those feelings in the 1950s, but they broke up. Jughead finds out about that about halfway through this episode. Um, also, nobody knows that Cheryl is a lesbian. That's also probably important to mention. Up front, Betty and Ver- Betty clearly has some feelings for Archie that are developing in this new rebooted 1950s timeline. And the other thing you need to know is Dr. Werther's, who's the doctor at school, maybe the school psychologist. I'm going to throw that out there. Guidance counselor could be. Anyway, Mm. he works there. Principal Featherhead is also another old man. And a third old man (laughs) is Clifford Blossom, who is the mayor of Riverdale. And uh, the three of them get together towards the beginning of this episode to discuss the Bugs murder, specifically the Ethel Bugs' parents were killed. Ethel says it was by a milkman, probably. 
though not the 70-year-old milkman who goes around town. We don't know exactly who caused it, but it's possible one of the three suspects, or maybe all three of the suspects, are sitting in that room right at the top of the episode. Ooh, interesting take. Agree. I love the idea that Dr. Werther's is the guidance counselor. Like, he wants them... Would you like to go to a community college? <laughs> I think he's a little out of touch with um, the youth. So. Yeah. Well, now, before we get into the specifics of this episode, certainly there's a lot that we can be talking about here. But I saw the audience reaction was very split to this. There were a lot of people that were like, what are we doing here? Why are we spending all the time in the last couple of episodes with this stuff you've been talking about, Pete, for the previous four episodes? Um, I'll say in the other direction, I had a blast watching this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I felt a little bad when Jughead at the end was like, come on, it's just a cast. And Veronica was like, you're a misogynist. You suck. Goodbye. And I was like, oh, no, is that me? Am I a misogynist? Probably. Yeah, wow. I, wow, that's great for you to kind of uh, grab. I don't know. I, mean, I, think, I think you're the jughead. Yes, I think it's getting into the idea of the episode of like, hey, if you enjoy this stuff, how does this look from a modern context? Like, I think that was the end moral here that we were dealing with, which certainly well, is something that we could discuss how effectively they got that forward. But I was curious as, as an opening heat check. What you guys thought about this? Well, episode. yeah. So you brought up a lot of different things. Let's break it down one at a time here. First off, yes, this is the final season, so there's pressure, and there's also this thing of like, this is all we have left. So we have wants and needs for this show that we're we're running out of time for our hopes and dreams to maybe happen for some of the ships we're pulling for. So yeah, I any, can understand any ships in particular, Pete, or just like he was speaking, speaking in sort of a third person, like hypothetical. You know, yeah. I'm not trying. General, yeah. yeah, yeah, just, I mean, you, when a, an inspirational poster, life, when you have an inspirational poster on your wall, like Pete just was for a minute, it doesn't say hang in there, bughead. It just says hang in there. <laughs> yeah, it just says hang yeah, in there. You're I have right. one behind me that says hang in there, toffee. It's the. Oh, okay. Wow, <laughs> wow that's, yo, merch, merch, but brother. Let's get point, that hang in there. I'll make a note. My point is, yes, uh, I can understand that reaction, but at the same time, like, this is a very fun episode. It's a cool, like, kind of, like, the way that they have the comics, kind of like, you know, you almost get, like, a flip in here where in between stories you get the kind of the splash page action and the kind of uh, uh, ending. So I thought that was, like, super creative and a lot of fun. Uh, but it's hard to very much enjoy this because it's like, well, we're, now we're still in the 50s and we've got this many episodes left. So I can understand why people are freaking out, but I did have a good time. I'm trying to enjoy what Riverdale uh, is is giving me. I'm trying to say thank you. Um, but it, it, it is it's <laughs> tough because you're like, all right, yeah, I want to get to the I want to get to the real stuff. I want to get out of the 50s. I want to see how these relationships are going to tie up and I. And, you know, so can, this I, can is I throw the something real out? Stuff. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you, Justin. I'm definitely on the same page as that. But I wonder, to jump off of what you're saying, Pete, if that's the thing people are reacting to, the fact that they're already at a place, and we've discussed this a lot on the podcast, and we think there's significant arguments against this, but, oh, we're in the 50s, this isn't the quote-unquote real Riverdale, even though right. it is, and they've established it is, and these are the same characters. But I understand that feeling of... 
trying to wrap your brain around what the show's doing and then taking another step removed to say, exactly. these are the characters of the 50s and now we are telling four horror tales about yeah, them tales doing different the things. style. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's maybe one step even further removed for people where it yeah. becomes frustrating. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's like not now, creepy janitor. We've got <laughs> shit to do. You know what I, I mean? Those like man. slow yeah. pushes to the when like the Jerry was just looking right at the camera. I was like, ah like get away. So funny. Dude. Just a quick shout out. Uh this is an actor named Dan Zukovic, who is one of those actors like I think he lives in Vancouver and he's done everything. Like he's been yeah. in everything for a very long time now. So perfect for that. His character is called the key keeper in here. Oh my God. Those shots, particularly in the last story, where he kept popping his head and being like, yeah. oh, what's going yeah. on in this bathroom? So, I mean, zooming oh, in on his dying. face. It was like, so intense. His voice fits right in with the intro to our podcast. Yes, so we can get does. him in here as a fourth voice. <laughs> uh, but what I want to say about this is, you know how roller coasters work? Right, you've all been uh-huh. on a roller coaster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can't stop. You wait in, the in middle. line for seventeen hours, and then no, I'm you talking get, about like, you're on the car. You get really hungry. There's a churro stand right there, and you're like, oh, <laughs> but then you want to get a churro. Do you want to get on the roller coaster? And you go with the yeah. churro, right, Pete? This is why I, I asked because you guys, neither of you know how roller coasters work. <laughs> Once you're on, there's very few churro stands in the middle of a roller coaster. Well, they should put them there if they were smart. I mean, we just stand in there. I mean, a churro dispenser. Ooh. What about just have a churro backpack where every time you open a churro comes out? No, nah, that's but, a great <laughs> idea. I think Wait, it's like sorry, a cat briefcase. I don't, don't want to so spend too much time on this, but yeah, pocket, is it a tube? You just take it off and you're like, oh, is man. Is it a tube? It shoots churros like, yeah. into your mouth? Is that it's like a magician. You know, a magician pulls a scarf and it's unending. Yeah. It's a uh, tube for churros. It's just like that. It's an unending churro tube. I really don't want to spend too much time on this. Is it fresh baking the churros as it goes through the tube? They got to be warm. It keeps them warm. They got to be warm. They got to be warm. It keeps them warm. In there. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. This is the last question that I'll continue. Is there a, like a chocolate sauce or a caramel that yeah, comes out of another it's tube? Both. You got to have one book. pocket for each. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a well, combination backpack. Take it away. It's Justin. a combination backpack coat. And the backpack shoots hot churros, and the coat's <laughs> pockets are full of hot sauce. Yeah. And this, this is, we are marketing this along with our cat briefcase and hang in there, Bughead. Stop. Hang in there, Toffee poster. We're going to be really mad uh, because I got to make this out for the podcast. We is might. it funnier to do a hang in there toffee poster or a hang in there bug head? Because I think hang in there toffee is funnier because toffee's a cat. Right. And the cat is a, a, I don't know, but picturing like Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse hanging from a branch together, that's pretty you funny. Know, uh, while adorable. we're talking, let's just do The both. two of them together are great, <laughs> Alex. I agree. The two of them together are magic. Yeah, that's the metaphor I was trying to get to is um, Bughead is sort of like a churro dispenser in a <laughs> coat with a hot sauce pocket. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm too many times so, I've had to hear that fucking maxim. <laughs> yeah, it's a little cliche. <laughs> Hemingway said it first. The, what I was trying to say, though, the metaphor I was going with, on a roller coaster, you can't stop oh, the in the middle right. and be like, hey, what's the deal with all these ups and downs? You got to go along for the ride. And this episode is the ride. In a secondarily, if you were in the middle of a roller coaster, I'm like, you know what? Let me design the rest of this. It might be fun. It might, you might like, like the idea, but you won't be surprised. And that's the whole point of roller coasters. Take you on a little, little fun trip and then put you back at your, at your home. Uh, so I think this episode but that's was, the thing. Will it get back home? We don't know. We're just hoping it's going to. The episode ended and you were back where you started, right? <laughs> Did no, you wake up at the no, end of the episode? My end? home is, uh, Bughead is the home that I'm hoping to get back to. Yeah, nice. Well, well that's there, not. 
thing. Uh, anyway, well, well, I do yes, want to say another yes. one other thing because I actually thought a lot of stuff did happen in this episode. We saw the probable end of the Varughead relationship. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jughead get finds some success in comics and is going to become now, I think, the target of this the three old dude cabal that's trying to take down Riverdale. There's a lot of connections to comic book history with uh, Frederick Wortham, the seduction of the innocent book that was, uh, you know, made comics like the big scare in the 50s. Like this episode was chock full of stuff, plus four fun, really well made uh, shorts. That's that's the thing where yeah. I was I was that, struggling with what we're talking great. about a little bit just in terms of like we're saying the plot development. I, I think the two big things are. They decide to attack comics instead of to distract from the Bugs murders, which, again, we can get back to theories about that. And Veronica and Jughead surprisingly break up very quickly. Uh, I was not expecting that. So those are the two big plot movements. But I think the thing that makes this worth this, which, frankly, is probably the reason the thing that makes Riverdale worth it in the first place, is everybody was having so much fun this episode. It was yeah. so fun to watch. Like the shot of Veronica. Yeah, Barchie's head? Is that what you just said? Archie's head. Archie's head. That's what I call it. <laughs> Barchie's head next episode, if you see the promo. Anyway, the um, Archie, yeah, the, all the head stuff, like the way KJ Apo was playing it, yeah. the uh, thing where he goes and visits Nada, and he's like, oh boy, oh boy. Oh my so God. Funny. The, yeah, so like funny. The- but the joy that Camilla Mendez and Lily Reinhardt were showing off when they were slicing Archie in half was oh so my. funny. Yeah, it yeah. was hilarious. It was so good. Like I don't know. Yes, they're actresses, so I guess and that they're then acting, the covered in blood on the on the couch was hysterical. You can feel the joy and fun coming through the screen, and you, uh, certainly you could come from the direction of, well, that's very nice for them. I'm glad they had a nice time, but mm-hmm. I also had a nice time watching them. We've been watching them yeah. for seven seasons. I'm glad they're still having fun doing this very silly, very ridiculous show. Yeah, and as much as the thing about that we don't have enough time, we have enough time. There's gonna be we're gonna get what, all the ups and downs. How many of the episodes? What, There's what fifteen is left time? after this. Fifteen. That okay. is a lot of episodes. That is that's a lot a, of episodes. Okay, that's okay. like you know fifteen hours with commercials included of content. Yeah, and I mostly watch the commercials. That's what I'm watching. Yeah, I'm in it for the commercials. Mostly. It's a vehicle for the commercials. Oh Welcome God. to Riverdale Commercials After Dark, <laughs> where we talk about the Verizon ad where <laughs> Seth Myers is trying to talk to... Uh, the other stuff about this episode that I was just saying is it, this is like they've gotten so good at just making these genre things. And th- that's the, th- the way that they were able to simultaneously make great comic book genre pieces while at the end sort of criticize the misogynistic nature of the comics written then and sure. arguably now, now for the most yeah. part as well. It, it's like it's effective because they get to sort of have their cake and eat it too. And then to use it as a, in a plot point for uh veronica jugget i thought was really smart little loop well it was it was it was a really cool thing going on here where you have jughead plugging away and veronica being like hey i would like to hang out with you spend some time with you and he's like i am busy and she even does that fun bit where it's like yeah apparently you're oblivious to you know someone pretending to feign interest in comic books uh you know yeah. for a relationship you know so it's like uh, you know, oblivious to a lot of things, you know, one being like, if you had a woman and sit there and listen to those stories, like you're kind of like afterwards, like, Hey, that's not as fun as you think it is. You know what I mean? Can I, so can I like, throw something out? That's maybe 
poke the bear when it comes to Pete, but it certainly came to mind while I was watching the end of the episode or this whole episode with Veronica just sitting there listening to Jughead Wright. I feel like there's a potential contrast to be made with how Betty reacted to Jughead's writing and interacted mm. with Jughead's writing because Veronica, or at least this version of Veronica, by the end, the entire time, it's very nice that you're saying that she wants to hang out and do something with it. What she wants to do is jump his bones. Like, that is, she's wow. all but saying that the entire That's time. That's to jug his bones. Jug his bones. Jug bones. Jug bones? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, anyway, that, that's clearly <laughs> what she wants to do, and he doesn't pick up on it. Um, but by the end, once she's heard his writing and heard read the stories that he has written, she's like, no, I don't want any part of this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out of here. Contrasted, and I know it's a different version of Jughead. It's a different version of Betty. It's a different, different version time of, period. Different time period. Absolutely different sort of stories. But Betty, to a fault, would always be like, Jughead, this is the best thing you've ever written. And she'd just yeah. sit there and watch him write, read his stories. She'd give him feedback. Like there was definitely, we never. <laughs> Thankfully, we never sat in on like the hour-long feedback session where Betty gave him a bunch of notes on his stories or anything like that, <laughs> though there was an implication that was going on. But at the same time, like it's a different sort of reader-writer relationship going on there. So I'm curious to yeah. hear what you guys think about that. Well, he well, clearly I- he clearly makes the ginchiest yell yarns. I think mm-hmm. in the world is what we can say about him. <laughs> wow. So it's hard to really criticize. Wow. Uh, they're gas. There's no well, doubt about it. I think there is such a thing as like somebody, you know, when you're, you're sharing a, a, a passion or an art or something like that. And somebody else either, you know, uh, like dating either gets your sense of humor, likes your sense of humor, gets your vibe. Part of you is seen in that or, or kind of, kind of relate. And I think that's, you know, I, I've said this before, but the, the pieces matched with Betty and Jughead where her dark side and his dark side fit really well. And they had, they could talk about writing for hours. They could talk about different things and their relationship clicked and worked. And here clearly two people in the same room, not on the same page at all. And I think it was a smart and interesting choice to just be like, yeah, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm out of here. And yeah. Well, and I think it, it sort of just goes back to like, she wanted to go on a date and maybe like make out and he wanted to recite horrifying stories <laughs> for a comic book to her. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. those are two different goals. I think they, exactly. they, they could, they were attracted to each other. It seems like, you know, by the end he's like, all right, let's go on our date. And she's like, you blew it, dude. You mm-hmm. told me a story about me murdering someone basically. <laughs> so like, I don't know if that's the most charming thing, but we yeah, did get a story. I'm not only dumb, but I'm also like, yeah, a villain. So, we got a Juggykins drop, though. We did. That uh, that creeped me out. I didn't like that. I don't like the word Juggykins. It's gross. Sorry. It's interesting. She throws the kins on the on the. That's just mm-hmm. she likes to throw Archie the kins, kins around. There's Archie something kins. throwing nicknames around. It's fun. Absolutely. I mean, There's I hear you. About the combination of Juggykins. I don't know. It didn't sit right with me. Interesting. Juggykins. I can't really explain that one. Um, let me throw something else out at you that I'm not 100% sure about. But given that the whole point of this relationship has been established on they both love the same sort of movies in particular. They talk yeah, about Creature yeah. of the, in the Black Creature. Right. From the Black Lagoon. I don't know yeah. why. I and also that. she was like, yo, I know you don't mind subtitles. So that was a fun 
uh, moment too. Well, but so here's my point. She, they've already talked about horror movies. They both like horror movies. She's called out her favorite. There's things that she enjoys. Right. Why is it that this is a step too far for her? Like, I think from Jughead's perspective, he's like, oh, we both like these things. Comics and movies are completely different. What are you talking about? It's the stories. It's the content of the stories that she has a problem with. And mind you, I am not a scholar in 1950s horror movies, but I can't imagine that 1950s horror movies were so much more progressive than what Jughead was writing here. Well, I think it goes to it's less about the the content and it's more about like a date is a shared experience where you're he was basically doing work in front of a girl who he mm-hmm. just started dating. So like, I think she may like, if she were watching this episode of Riverdale with Jughead, I think she'd be like, that was cool. Right. Uh, but to just sit there and hear him do his homework is um, traditionally not the hottest date. And just to check, world. if they were sitting there watching the episode of Riverdale, their reaction would be, that was cool, that, oh my God, oh fuck, what is happening? Why are no, we I mean, the reaction would probably be like, oh my God, there's only 15 episodes left. Um, <laughs> when are they going to get back to the real timeline? We've got stuff to deal with. Like, holy shit, this is it. Um, yeah, I guess all those things uh, could happen. Um, do you uh, think Jughead wait, wait. would be like, do you think Jughead is Barchi? What? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think Jughead sorry. is like pro a <laughs> Wow, that really what? broke your brain. Yeah. <laughs> that really got you. Can I, I, I want to talk about something that... Jug, uh, Jughead is Barchi. <laughs> Veronica is Jabitha. We, we need to start breaking the mold a little here. So let's start talking about it for real. Uh-huh. Jughead that, is Barchi. Yeah. Something that occurred to me in this episode is when the show is done... Betty is Coos. Go ahead. Uh... Uh, when can I start bidding on some of these amazing paintings that have been throughout this show? Like the, <laughs> bidding. The, the, I love all the, the paintings in this show. I've been hilarious and just the portrait of Cheryl in this one. Where are you going to put that out at your house? Where? Where? Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, right, right behind it's, you. Just a yeah, big right, right portrait of Cheryl right, Boston. A huge Cheryl your entire Boston. wall. Yeah, the, the, the idea of. The The painter, whoever's doing all these paintings, is really good. It's awesome. Wait, hold on. I can find out her name. Give me a second. Keep talking. Go for it. I'll talk. The idea of you going into a museum, Pete, and being like, Mona Lisa, $8. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny to me. How much for that, Cheryl? Yeah. (laughs) Like, sir, are you bidding? You can't just bid on this apple, 40 cents. Sir, there's a price for that. (laughs) You can't go around bidding on things. Okay. So her name, I talked to her after that night gallery. Yes. Episode. Um, mm. Her name is Oksana Gaidasheva. I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but she's a Vancouver-based artist. Glorious. And uh, Denise Nadrejre, who we talked to we on talked the podcast, to. is a friend of hers and recruited her to do the paintings. So she's Glorious. the one that does all the paintings. I don't think she has them. I assume they're, you know, in the uh, in the warehouse. Well, they're going to be going for auction soon. So get your white gloves and your small binoculars ready because it's going to be all. <laughs> Oh, I only brought my large binoculars. Oh, I'll never fit into this auction crowd. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the individual pieces? Yeah, we can go one by one. Uh, actually, a couple of very quick things that I want to mention just in terms of casting before we get into them, just in case I forget later. We got the first uh, classic Archie's Comics character, Coach Cleats showed up for the first time in the first story, yeah. played by Michael St. John Smith. Also, we mentioned Dan Zukovic as the key keeper. Also, Jesse Goldwater, who is the son of John Goldwater, the CEO of Archie Comics, 
is the guy playing Bernie Burstein, the younger kid working in the Pep Comics office. Oh. And he previously played Elio in season three of the series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Elio. And one more thing I wanted to give a shout out before we talk about the individual stories. I completely missed this. All shouts to No Context Riverdale for catching this. But when Jughead gets the pitches. The card? Yes, I I wrote this down. Um, Man, woman, cult, rocket, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. And the other one is boxer, vigilante, organ harvester. Yeah. (laughs) And and Jughead is like, come on, these stories have done a million times. Oh, my God. Very, Very funny. funny. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the. Let's talk about keep your head in the game first, aka oh, the story man. where Dilton <laughs> decapitates everybody and plays basketball with their heads. Now, I've never played basketball. How true <laughs> to the game is this? You guys are both sports guys. Pretty, pretty yeah. true, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely... A lot of people learn with heads and then switch over to balls. Yeah, uh, basketballs. Yeah. I should say <laughs> the um, the best bat- way to bounce pass is to use a human head. Well, it's a good way to learn, you know what I mean? Because you got to earn your right to be able to use an actual basketball, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, heads is a good good way. Good, it's kind of a, a good learning block, you know. The original game was played with peach baskets and human heads. Huh. True fact. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I thought this uh, this was great. Coach Cleats, tough in a basketball setting. Cleats not usually um, uh, mm-hmm. something you would want to yeah, wear in the game football, of basketball. Yeah, but, um, uh, or almost any other support, but uh, <laughs> love the uh, I love the the shot of Archie's head is so funny. Oh and my god, the, the, it's just so great! And again, just shouts to KJ Up in this episode, just crushing it. I thought the look on Archie's face when he's just the head is it felt like he so was going to end up spending the rest of the um, episode, rest of the day, struggling with balancing his music career and being a human head <laughs> basketball. Also, shouts to Dilton Dorley, like mm-hmm. uh, great job like losing his mind throughout this first one and then kind of like really you know that psychotic break and then him kind of playing it afterwards was really impressive that was great i mean overall this new slash old original dilted has been doing a great job this season all this stuff is very funny that they've been leading into i'm so happy they brought him back because dilted is such a great archie comics character so having him in the mix is a lot of fun i did want to throw out to you guys though this doesn't quite fit for me what I, i felt like was the overall moral of the episode. We talked about how Mm. Veronica comes out at the end and says, all of your stories are really misogynist. Usually we get three stories in these episodes. So I do wonder if they had the next three stories and then they're like, we need another act break in there somewhere and threw this one in potentially. Uh, That's, that's probably true because this definitely felt the least connected to that theme and just the larger Archie characters. This is just like a fun, weird horror story. Uh, Yeah. And a good one. Like one of the, I thought one of my more favorite, like in more surprising plot Mm -hmm. plots. Yeah. It was the one that felt the most tales from the crypt to me, just in terms of having an ironic ending. I mean, maybe, maybe the last one too, but, and we'll get and talk about the other ones, how close they were or not. But this one definitely is like, yeah, he gets pushed, he gets pushed, he gets pushed. And then he chops off their heads and turns them into basketballs. But yeah. honestly, but then he, he, he made the into... basket guys. Then he made the basket with that. That's head, called so getting better. That's yeah, called getting it's better. Improvement. Yeah. And there's actually no rule that says you can't uh, play basketball with human heads. Yeah, uh, I, I would think we need to check I mean, the old rule book on that. Check the rule book. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like a, you know, the 
outside rules apply to basketball as well. Like he's, he's dribbling down the court. He steps back to the three-point line. <laughs> he's got a human head. He threw it in. You know, they there's actually the no rule that you can't play with a human head in basketball. <laughs> oh, and God. He missed it. He missed no, there is arrested very strict rules about the basketball that you can use. Yeah. It's like international waters. Uh, nope. Yeah. No. Basketball court is an international. Uh, well, it's not waters technically, but it's international hardwood. The uh, one thing I wanted to say here is, you know, he loses his mind after being pushed in a locker. That was the most luxurious wide locker that any nerd has ever been pushed. Oh, my God. Were you uh, – Pete, you've talked about being stuffed in lockers, right? Oh, yeah. Cool, yeah. Hey, do you want to relive some traumas, Pete? <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, hey, this you is a fun experience. It. We can talk yeah. about it. I mean, I've said this before. I always expected to be stuffed in a locker my entire school career. I never was. So my last week of school, I had a friend stuff me in a locker so I could get the experience. And I was oh, like, my oh, my God. Don't. Do you enjoy the stuff And then yourself. he let me out. That was – that's awful. That's you nothing yourself. close to the real – yeah. You don't know what it's like, man. Well, well, how is it, Pete? Uh, then yeah, it's awful. It? It's very humiliating, and uh, it's you know the after I very much related to him like losing it because the anger you feel after you've been humiliated in front of people uh, in public is that's a real anger that doesn't just go away and it builds, and that's where evil plans are born. Pete Rage. Yeah, I'm so, so Justin, glad. Have you so been stuffed to a locker for yourself? No, uh, the lockers in my school were very thin, so it was it would have been very hard to stuff someone. Well, you are the thinnest of the three of us, so I assume you could fit. Yeah, right but I don't. There. That doesn't mean I could just slot right in like a little uh, envelope. Could, <laughs> you hide underneath an opera house. Uh, you know what I mean? Like in the <laughs> basement. Nobody knows what that means. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's true, you though. Just, it's true, but don't worry about it. All right, why don't okay. we move on to the second one? Love you to pieces. Uh, AKA this story, hubba hubba. Yeah, Archie does the classic farmer ending up in a farmhouse, don't have sex with my three gorgeous daughters thing. Uh, yeah, three gorgeous a, daughters. Wow, three, you must have grew up in some yeah. very yeah. sexual farm country. <laughs> no, isn't that always how the jokes go? I think it's usually one daughter. 46. Yeah. Three, uh, three, three daughters. daughters. So you wait, doing? you're saying in the story, your version of the story, the guy has sex with three uh, people on the same night? Uh, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get too into this. Oh yeah, my does. God. yeah, I know. I know you don't. Anyway, he goes to this house and Nana gives this log monologue about mm-hmm. Cheryl and how horny she is and don't go out of your room or she's going to have sex with you. And um, he's just like, like, wow. Sounds great. Um, he's like, is that your daughter there? That amazing I will picture? Say, that painting? That's unbelievable. I thought it was done? very funny how they executed this. Across the board, like we talked about, KJ Appa, very fun in this story, always up for a good Nana Blossom telling the most insane shit you've ever heard. And then at the end, she's like, my granddaughter has leprosy, and now you have leprosy, but I'm immune to leprosy. Goodbye! (laughs) Was bonkers. I do have a little bit of an issue with the fact that we finally got past the Sharchi stuff, and then we had to do another episode of Sharchi. Yeah, that, that to I, me, I was like, oh, I thought, I thought we. It was let just this go. a little bit, though. It was a. It was just, I don't know. And I, I when I was watching, I could, I was, uh, I clocked that as well, and I could feel your frustration through my television. But wow. I do think, how do you tell this story without using Nana Rose? Like right. you can't go, you can't use, and I think the story was worth it for the KJ Apple performance. But I also think that's why they sort of shielded um, Cheryl. You know, we didn't really see her till like the, a little flash at the very end. So. 
I, I hear you, but it was, I was worth it for Archie's like, and she's like, yeah, my granddaughter's like a sex fiend. He's like, really? <laughs> really? So I'll throw out there, here's something that I thought they were going to do that would make me feel a little better about it is I thought it was going to be Nana Blossom. And at night she mm. turns into like a young lady. And then in the day she's an old lady and she'd be like, you had sex with me. What is yeah. your deal? What? That happens in stories sometimes. Like again, a farmer has three again, very sexy daughters, no, and they all turn out. <laughs> what I thought was going to happen. What? Like, oh my god, dude! Uh, you watch too much softcore pornography. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I is is Nana's eye getting creepier and creepier every episode? Because it's like yeah. I feel like they put extra creepiness on it. Because extra I was juice just, in it. Yeah, Seventh season. Eyes eyes getting weird. I was like, man, it's either extra foggy or there's kind of, I don't know what's going on, but I couldn't stop uh, staring. I was kind of like, oh, my God, stop looking at that eye. Nana Blossom's eye is Barchi. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the third story, the beehive, where beehive haircuts, which were invented in 1960. Oh, whoa, I'm throwing a flag. How does this make sense if we're supposed to be? I mean, here's the thing. It's Riverdale, so who cares? The timeline doesn't make any sense. But the fact that, like, they very specifically been like, it's 1955, Emmett Till's murderer's trial just happened, James Dean just died. Also, here's a haircut that uh, came out of the 60s that Jughead has just invented through a comic book. And then they do a whole hairspray thing, which, uh, great, super fun. Yeah. um, I love the uh, hairdresser, too. Uh, that's what I'm saying is like having a drag hairdresser is a very clear shout out to uh, Divine's performance in Hairspray, yep. uh, John Travolta, I guess, in the movie and what they've done on Broadway when they've done the musical version of the show. It's always a drag performer, very well timed in terms of the shit that is going on in this country in terms of drag performances. So I was glad to see yep. that as uh, probably accidental, but not so subtle protest against that sort of thing. But that also hairspray is set in the sixties. And again, I was like, how this is a little too much of the timeline wobbling. You don't uh, care. You don't care. I don't care. I thought it was great. Yeah. Okay. And like the way they sort of said, like, this is really popular and this is getting popular in Europe right now. It's like, that's enough for me to buy the time difference. It's <laughs> oh. like, uh, Lily Reinhardt, though, so funny in this. Oh, my Just God. She did great. Constantly spraying her hair, everybody's yeah. reactions to it. Absolutely hilarious. That whole, like, her having a kind of, like, uh, you know, foaming at the mouth, falling through. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. uh, camera, look away. Uh, this is, I, I feel weird about this. Uh, we got a that. DM from somebody who said that they were crying because they had to watch Betty die, which I felt very oh. bad about. But it was sort of was hard. hard, like stressful. Yeah. And yeah. The, between that and then the spiders coming out of her hair, oh. I did not like, did not like. Okay. So great. And whole... that was funny because even the creepy more guy was like, yo, I can't even with spiders. And Dr. He's the, Do- yeah, Dr. 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 Kurtle. 1950s got the goggles and everything but he's also like lives in creep and loves the creep you know what i mean so the fact that he has aligned at spiders is very interesting why was it spiders and not peas that's my big question there it's weird probably budget it was probably more expensive to make bees than spiders. I, I mean the movie candy man aside spiders are scarier than peas and bees 
really won't kill you unless you have an but allergy. It's a beehive spiders. haircut. I I don't know. You don't get caught. You're caught up with the details. Yeah, no, Again. no, no. But like, it's a tales of the crypt type thing, right? Like, it seemed totally random that some They're of these spiders were crawling. A spider out. hive cut. Oh, the spider hive cut is so hot. Ooh, I would yeah, love a spider like Eight uh, strands of hair coming out, like the legs. Um, I, I mean, I did think they were going to do sort of a, some wordplay on beehive at some point with this, but I thought the spiders was a fun surprise and scary, and uh, that's it. <laughs> Great. Wow. Let's talk about the last one, then. My better half. Yes, you had something uh, well, else real to say quick. about the beehive first. Shouts to Pop. Betty's always been a peach. Uh, and uh, Oh, yeah, uh, dude. That Pop. line was, I like. He was the way Alvin Sanders played. That was so angry. It was, it was <laughs> great. It was committed awesome. to that. He yeah. was like, yo, what are you talking about? Yeah, I feel like later he'd take Archie's side and be like, hey, listen, man. Stop fucking with Betty. She's always been a peach. Yeah, exactly. Peach, uh, but open me, your eyes, yeah. bro. Um, the use of 1950s slang or the Riverdale's idea of that is getting to a dangerous high level. <laughs> dangerously high level. This episode, get come on, Snake, let's rattle the way they're dancing. Did people actually dance like that? That seems insane. Uh, the hair By the is way, kinchy. that was another moment of 100% KJ Appa dancing. <laughs> Just as soon yeah, as they went to the twist, he was like, burp, 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 burp. He dances like uh, Elaine on Seinfeld. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. But it's definitely not like Archie dancing. It's KJ Appa being a ridiculous a human being. A goof. Uh, let's talk about the last one. My better half in this one. Both Betty and Archie are dating. Uh, Betty and Veronica are dating Archie. Uh, and Crazy. They, bo- they both know about it. And we get this this world that I think we've never seen before, which I thought was really interesting. And I wanted to throw it out to you guys. So there's two couples here. You have Betty and Archie, which I would call Aretti. And then you have Veronica mm. and Archie, which I would call Verar, Verchi, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. So which good. one are you shipping? I mean, I Great think that's question. like a good new topic for our podcast. What do you think? Just like, oh, based- like it's sort of like we would choose a relationship that we're Fuck the most you. excited about. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> You. <laughs> what, what, if we, what, what if we I, went back to 1950? This is the first time we're seeing this. I mean, they've done it in the comics, but it's the first time we're really seeing it on screen. So uh, which uh, which ship is it already no, no, or is listen, it uh, Maybe ship's a weird word because it's like a, a naval vessel potentially. Veronica, what if it's like a, a relish? A relish. A relish. That's very fun. Uh, listen, I, I agree with Veronica here because like – the the last story is um, a little bit uh, like he was like, oh, I did a twist on a love triangle where and he made it seem like it was going to be a smart story where the women were like, this is dumb scenario. Uh, I, I We don't want to be any part of it. We're going to kind of flip the power dynamic. And instead, that wasn't it. So I was like. I, I felt like there was one that was set up the story. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then what happened, I was a little like, uh, although the cutting in half moment was glorious. I was a little kind of like that let down. And I was also felt very much like when Veronica walked out, I was like, you're right. I mean, this is kind of bullshit. But well, uh, let me ask you a question. Though. Who do you think got the better deal here? Because Veronica, I believe, got the top half of Archie and then Betty got the hips on down. So. 
What, which would really you want depends on what you're into, man. What are you into? Just Pete, specify what you're into, Pete, and then tell us which half of Archie you'd like better. <laughs> Hashtag hip <laughs> sundown. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, the, I was like, this is the wrong way to cut him. If you want to equally right. split him, you should be bisecting him. But I <laughs> do think, I do right. think that budgetarily, that was probably harder to do because uh, slicing him in half the long way would be um, harder to produce. <laughs> or put him on a deli slicer and just like Middle get those thin, like real thin nice slice. Thin thin. Slice. Oh. Yeah, you got it. It's uh, gotta be. I want to be able to see through it. You know, what I mean? yeah. like a thin <laughs> slice. When you get your Archie sliced in a deli, do you ask uh, to like taste the slice first, or do they? Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. They're always handing out slices from the deli counter, uh, right in your mouth. Best, just the fingers best part to of mouth. Going to the no. deli, man. Yeah, uh, I love it. Oh, is uh, salami? You want to slice a piece of salami and put it in my my mouth right now? Strange man, strange older man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, did that touch your fingers? Even better. The, this one was where I felt like visually they pulled out all the stops in terms of yeah. just Archie falling asleep and having those two hearts with Veronica and Betty in them. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, the old man, the key keeper popping into the scene of the classroom and being like, do you prefer no. Betty or Veronica? Well, I mean, it was they were doing like direct comic book to to TV translations here throughout the episode, but this is the one where I think, like you're saying, they really pulled it out. Like in the last one with the Beehive, we saw the spider shadow fall across Betty when she was going to sleep, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so comic booky and done just like really well. Yeah, the uh, Betty also got this cool kind of like skull and crossbow. Uh, love uh, that. Yeah, uh, that was transition. really fun. Yeah. yeah. And then though, on the downside, we had to sit through Sharchi again. Again in this story, as Archie ends up taking out Cheryl for Valentine's Day. It was two seconds at the end. We mean sit through. Let it. It was. Uh, it felt like an eternity, Pete. I, hear well, you. I, mean, I mean, I'm going through withdrawal with Shoney in this episode too. That's who I'm. That's who I would like to see. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I you'd rather have Archie out on a romantic date with his actual mother. <laughs> I, is what you're saying? No, Alex. I'm saying, you're, Alex is what you're saying. Not what I'm saying. Not a Rose, okay. maybe, but not his brother. That'd be a funny little twist. Is he out with <laughs> Nano Rose? Oh, I'm right. not mad at him. I just have some questions. Yeah, and Archie's like, "Don't worry, she becomes a young lady at night." Oh, yeah. Don't worry, I'm a leper. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, that was that episode. Uh, what? Any other notes you want to call out? From the candle budget rest. again, sick candle oh, budget. sick, just like throwing it all on the the wax stage. Uh, the way this is a very specific thing, but it stuck out to me. There's one point where um, Betty says, "I have to do an extra credit report," and it sounds like she was doing an additional uh, like analysis of her credit card spending <laughs> rather than an extra credit report. Oh, huh. mm. what a really what a weird really thing took to me out. <laughs> Oh, okay, Sharchi. Okay, Sharchi. <laughs> oh, I think mine is more based in reality than oh, your, the, your line notes for Lily Reinhardt. The, uh, the Looney let me, Tunes I'll call noise. You, Lily, let me call you directly. The Looney Tunes noise was so it weird. It was so fun. I thought that was such a fun kind of like, you know, like Archie's a Looney Tune character uh, that... You know, you're talking about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Wow, and you so you have, you just press a button and that comes out of your speaker, Alex. <laughs> Me, <laughs> stop <Yeah>. doing that. <laughs> well, that's just happening when Alex is thinking. 
<laughs> the, I also thought it was funny just the idea that he's like, I'm tired. I'll just drink coffee all the time and go out on six dates a week. <laughs> it's because he doesn't have Mountain Dew yet, dude. You got to rely on coffee. Uh, yeah. Uh, if yeah. Jughead could invent the beehive haircut five years early, he could definitely invent Mountain Dew. Uh, Mountain Dew when you got to date two women at the same time. <laughs> and then Veronica is just like, girl. I'm sorry, I can't be here. That's too much caffeine for one soda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joel. For dating everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Jughead. This was real ginchy when we were together, but what even is this flavor? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Joel. This is poison. <laughs> and we won't be able to tolerate, humans won't be able to tolerate this for another 40, 50 years. Before we wrap up here, though, we should talk about the big plot movement, which was this trio deciding to go away from the Bugs murders by attacking comic books instead. Um, we talked a little bit about how this is going to bring them in direct opposition with Jughead. But what do you think? This definitely sent by alarm bells in terms of. We, we've talked about how Hal and Alice have floated the theory out there. Maybe they are the milkmen in some capacity. I think the other obvious suspect, if not all three of these guys, because like Clifford Bossom was the murderer in the first season, both Werther's mm-hmm. and uh, Featherhead previously played characters who were villains. So I could certainly see it leaning to them, but particularly with Werther's, he was the guy who said, I got to go talk to Ethel's parents. Granted, we saw them afterwards, so we didn't kill them, and then mm. took several hours for them to realize that they were chopped to bits. But he could have gone back later on to do something. We didn't see him at the dance. And I feel like he fits as a suspect, as well as in this episode, somebody saying, hey, let's stop concentrating on those two murders. Let's focus on this thing instead. That definitely set my alarm bells off about him. Yeah, he's definitely got milkman energy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like sort of old... Like smells like milk. I'm assuming. Okay, okay. Pete. Uh, I, I felt like the <laughs> this whole kind of like blaming comics thing was kind of a interesting play. Uh, I know when I was a little kid, it, it seemed like mayors and governors were all up in arms about uh, you know like what? horrible <laughs> words and music. They were like, oh, and music. music. Yeah, they were like, uh, we got to burn these CDs. We got to, these yeah. kids are listening to music. They're playing video games. They're famously it's always something. Yeah. That the kids are doing. And Al Gore's wife, like, Tipper Gore, I think spoke in front of Congress about um, explicit lyrics. In, yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you what, one of the biggest advantages of living now is they are having a very hard time setting TikTok on fire. So far, it hasn't yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah it's, they're not doing a great job. It's a, it's a running theme where they're blaming something else instead of being like, hey, we should maybe try to raise our kids or spend some time with our families, you know. This is veering off, but like when members of Congress talk about like, we have to figure out what Discord is so we can hate it. And it's like, uh, good look. They can't. They haven't. Same with TikTok. <laughs> they're like, what is this bad thing? I don't yeah, know. Did you see, this is definitely veering off, but did you see any of that, not trial, but the hearing about TikTok with the head of TikTok yeah. where... There was one clip that was being passed around where somebody in Congress was like, so TikTok, when you're at home, can you use Wi-Fi? Does it does it work over the Wi-Fi? And the CEO of TikTok was like, what? Yeah, yeah it's so it's like, so well, what I'm at home. Is extra if I use TikTok or can I go on well, there? Well, what he wanted to know is like, can TikTok access your home uh network and get information but he was asking it as like can it connect through wi-fi he's like yes most apps on your phone connect through wi-fi what are you what it's so misguided it's like i have this light switch that used to switch on my fan and now it switches on my lights is that tiktok (laughs) is that sir 
Is that TikTok? Answer the question, sir. <laughs> anyway, we did veer uh, off here. Any other notes about this episode before we wrap this one up? Uh, um, well, I, I think talking about that theories, I do think just from a from a uh, Riverdale like perspective, it does make sense that um, Werther's would be the killer, like you're describing. But I will say. Hallis isn't doing anything right now besides being vaguely menacing adults to the kids. So, like, there there has to be another thing happening for them. Uh, so, I don't know. I do think they are – they sort of smell like milk, if I may use the metaphor, uh, as well. What is your deal with milk and smell? Got that, they got that milk stink, you know? I do think it ultimately ends up how Riverdale we are going to go with this season. And what I mean by that is it could be a straightforward, like we're talking about – I mean, straightforward for Riverdale, but like Hal and Alice married serial killers and they're trying to sublimate those urges. And that's it. It could be Werther's has these urges and that's why he is acting like this and attacking comic books instead. Or, which we mentioned on the podcast before, the real Riverdale way of going, I think, would be all the parents of the town are part of this cult that kills off members of the town to feed the crops or something like that. And that's mm. where we get to the maple Ooh. crops. And that's where we get to at the like end of the season. Corn, I'd be, I'm happy to follow them wherever they go, but I feel like the most Riverdale way of doing it is have it spiral insanely out of control in the last couple of episodes. Yeah. Enjoy the roller coaster. I mean, someone, the milkman needs to kill again mm-hmm. soon. So like who's going down next? Yeah. And when you say enjoy the roller before. coaster, you mean the fresh hot churros, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come out you from mean the, the line. The, the churro, enjoy the churro standing backpack. in a line. And... The churro backpack. Who we, have, we made the, have we made the least sense ever in this episode? <laughs> I think so. This is the worst job we've ever done. <laughs> I think it's a great job. Yeah. It's a sweet gig. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. When mm-hmm. I say great job, I mean this is a, this is a good gig. <laughs> If <laughs> who was MVP this episode, Pete? Who's I'm gonna, MVP? I'm gonna have to give it to Cheryl. I thought she killed it. If she wasn't in the lava. That that one scene was so funny. I just uh, I thought it was uh, uh, very Which funny. One? In the bathroom? No, the one where she was. Uh, you know the silhouette. A victim. Yeah. <laughs> where she yeah. was a silhouette. I mean, yeah. If yeah. I had to rank my favorite leprosy moments, I guess I would also give it a <laughs> It's got to be the top. It's got to be like top five for yeah. you. Bro. Are you just yeah. saying this because you're angling for discount on the painting? Is that what's going on? <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. But no, because I, okay. I already said Dilton Doily. I was going to originally say Dilton Doily, but I already said it. So I went with Cheryl. Oh, great. great. Justin, what I about mean, you? Who's your MVP? You know I got to give it to Archie. This it was a great Archie episode, top to bottom. He had so much to do. He is the character that I think has um, found the most humor in the 1950s version of, of these characters is definitely KJ Appa. And it's I think it's just this was just a great showcase for him. Definitely agree with that one. If I was to pick a runner up, though, I'd throw it out to Betty this episode. I think, like we talked about, just the shots of her in the beehive thing as she's just sitting there spraying herself. So funny. Like I also mentioned, the absolute glee that she was showing in chopping Archie in half. Also very, very funny. I think... I don't know. I really enjoyed everybody. I think they're having a good time. And like we talked about, that's what makes this episode worth it, is it's... It's fun to watch. I'm sorry if people didn't feel that way, but I certainly did. Yeah, agreed. 
you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to YouTube and Facebook. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Just subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Until next time, hang in there, Toffee. <laughs> Leprosy uh, is Barchi. I like the Riverdale uh, title card at the end. I thought it was cool. <laughs> Show's uh, over. Yeah, Go to bed. We're done. We're done. Go have a churro. Huh? Ooh, great idea. I got my backpack on. <laughs> Thank you.